0: I thought I would do one of my favorite episodes, the Encyclopedia Commanderica. The segment where we get to sit and pull up random cards out of Gatherer and look and see if they would work in Commander. And I figure eventually, after the heat death of our solar system and the gravitational decay of the known universe, we'll have talked about every single Magic the Gathering card in a Commander context. I'm Shivam Putt. You might have noticed that normally I have two co-hosts, but today I happened to lure them into the sewers underneath Los Angeles with a piece of raw meat that happened to have a D&D mini tied to the top of it. Phil was unable to resist the smell, and he hunted him down, and now they're lost LARPing deep underneath the sea. In the meantime, I realize that some of you might not want to hear my voice for the entire hour just solo, so I happen to bring a friend along with me today, our editor and former guest host and super patron, David Mitchell. Say hi, David. Hello, everybody. Thank you for having me on, Shivam. For sure. I had to do something while Phil was, you know, digging for treasure into the sewer systems. David is a super patron of ours. He came on a few episodes ago and we had a great time and he has been helping us editing the show. And I thought it would be fun to just tag him in for a light and friendly episode. Thank you. Now, if you want to support the show, Make sure to share it with your friends. Put it on your Twitter feeds and your Facebooks. Let the folks on Reddit and on all of your different forums know that we exist. Rate us wherever you listen to these podcasts. Give us five stars if you can, because that way, the algorithms will surface us and people will be able to find us. If you want to financially support the show, which we would genuinely, genuinely appreciate, please visit patreon.com forward slash commander or go to our PayPal link, commanderinmtg.com forward slash donations. We genuinely appreciate every one of you who helps patronize us or donate to us in any way, because you are the ones who help us make this possible. And if you join us at the $10 patron level, you can come to our exclusive chat group on Facebook, where we sit and talk about Commander basically 24 hours a day. It's a really great group of people, and I love talking to them. But I do have to mute that channel once in a while, (laughs) because we do talk a lot.
1: They are a chatty bunch. It's
0: the best. And don't forget to visit us on YouTube, where you can uh, like, comment, and subscribe, and watch the video all the way to the end, because that helps the algorithms realize that the video has actually been watched. Once again... We thank you for your patronage, we thank you for your time, and we're grateful to all of our listeners. Let's get right to it. David, uh, did you want to introduce yourself to the audience just a little? Uh, Yeah, sure.
1: Uh, For those who uh, haven't heard or don't recall, uh, my name is David. I live in the northern climates of Canada, where it's actually hotter here than it is in California today. (laughs) Yeah,
0: it's brutal, man.
1: We hit the high 30s in Celsius, which I think is like 103, 105 Fahrenheit. We only do real temperature up here. (laughs) And I am an exclusive commander player. I play no other format. I haven't even been lured to brawl yet.
0: Oh, man, we got to work on that. I love playing brawl. Actually, I wanted to uh, take a second to let folks know that those of us who are commander players who happen to have the MTG arena beta arena has recently introduced this new format called singleton singleton is not brawl and it's not commander it's basically 60 card single standard but with no banned card so you can do insane ridiculous things like my deck is aetherworks marvel plus the saheeli Faladar guardian combo <laughs> And there's something about just, you know, bring, using Aetherworks Marvel to bring Zakama into play on turn four that just makes you feel real dirty. But it's great. It's like playing Commander without color restrictions. I've always wanted to try that. And it's a lot of fun.
1: You should feel dirty.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but man, Brawl is like just, I realize some of our community members are not quite here on the Brawl train. But for those of us who do draft a lot, Brawl is a fantastic way to use all that, Jeff. I, I won't
1: say that i'm not interested in brawl i just haven't had the time that's fair building good decks takes time and i'm a family man i have a job i i edit this awesome show called commanderin <laughs> and i just i don't have the time to, to to see what's out there and to put everything together i've played with other people's brawl decks and it it is fun i will say that but i just haven't been able to dedicate the time required to do something nice for myself.
0: That's very fair. I completely understand that. I've built a Saheeli deck because I already had Saheeli sitting around. I built a Slimefoot deck because I love playing with Thalids. And uh, I'm going to be probably building a bunch of M19 ones too. Uh, it just, it feels like when you're building a Commander deck, you want to dedicate a lot of time to, you know, getting it really right and like polishing it, getting all the rocks and all the crazy cards you need to play Commander but when I'm playing Brawl, it just feels like, okay, well, here's this pile of, like, you know, 40 random crap cards in here. Okay, I'm just going <laughs> to stick them together. Yay, Brawl deck done. It feels just way more casual, which is weird because Commander is the casual format. But I would posit that Commander is not actually casual. Uh, I will say Brawl is a good
1: place to play cards that you wouldn't normally want to play in Commander.
0: That is my favorite part of it. Because as we know, there's a tier of cards in Commander that you're just going to use for Commander. We just know that this is the best possible version of this effect, right? Like you're always going to want to use that card instead of, whatever is in standard, but this way I feel better because I'm using all the random crap cards I have which is, it's just nice because all the cards that you would never get to see in the spotlight suddenly get to feel like they're being used, just like some of these cards that we're going to be looking at here in the Commanderica. So without further ado, card number one. Uh, The first card we have is Mnemonic Nexus, which is not a fun word to say. It's from the Ravnica set, and it's three and a blue to cast for an instant, which says each player shuffles his or her graveyard into his or her library. Wow, I've never actually seen this card before, but this actually looks really cool. Uh, I can see it, like, just stuffing Saltai decks all day long or like Marin decks or all these decks that rely on weird graveyard shenanigans while also just renewing your own deck. It's the, the fact that it says each player as well has saved me
1: more than once when playing against somebody who uses laboratory maniac. Oh. Oh, so you have played with this card? I actually—it's actually in one of my uh, my blue decks. Oh, sweet! I had it in my hand and watched with a grin as the uh, the maniac <laughs> player was uh, thinking that he was going to win. Played this just. Oh, and before. it's an
0: instant. That's not nice at all. <laughs>
1: it got some good cheers from my group that night.
0: Oh, that's fantastic! What deck do you play this
1: in? I play this in my Mariki Beret deck as a way just to get cards back into my hand, or as a way to prevent graveyard players from uh, graveyard shenanigans, or the aforementioned Laboratory Maniac player from uh, pulling off his win condition.
0: That's really cool. Why did you find this card? Uh,
1: I think when I started playing, I just went out to a store and picked up a bunch of like 50 uncommons that was like you know, 10 bucks for a whole a whole whack of them, and, <laughs> and this is how I, I initially started my library. Was just picking up cards at random, and this this was in one of them. It it sounded cool, but I I didn't realize how useful it was until I saw it in action a few times.
0: That's amazing. That is really, really cool. (laughs) Wow. I was not expecting you to actually have played this random card. That makes it all the better. Yeah, I'm going to have to find this and actually put it in because I can see a lot of places where this would just be a great out of nowhere like, save your bacon type of card.
1: Oh, yeah, it's especially, like, with people uh, like Marin of Clan Naltoth. if you're going to... Yes. It's the best way to, to prevent someone from doing, like, what you said with all those graveyard shenanigans.
0: And also just beating up on demir decks where they just sit there and, like, turbo mill you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, I hate turbo mill. Um, okay, so card number two, your turn.
1: This is Gravedigger, three and a black... For a creature zombie, when Gravedigger enters the battlefield, you may return target creature card from your graveyard to your hand.
0: This card, which is basically in every single set that's ever been printed, or it feels like it at least, uh, is a fantastic value card, right? Like I use it in my uh, Grim Grin Zombies deck. I've used it in other decks because it's just like, it's just a good value creature. It comes into play. It does a thing that you care about. You know, bringing creatures from your graveyard to your hand is super useful in basically any format.
1: Especially if you're forced to discard early on for some reason, uh, or if you don't want to keep something big in your hand.
0: Or somebody casts Wheel of Fortune, or, you know, you get stuck in time-twistry type things, somebody pitches your hand. But Gravenager is just such a useful, solid card. I feel like there's better versions of this effect that exist, but... I never feel bad about putting one of these guys into a deck.
1: It, it is a, a tad expensive, but for what it does, and you get a creature out of it, I, I think it's worth it.
0: Yeah. So card number three is actually a brand new one from the most recent set that just came out. Uh, combo Attack from Battle Bond. For two and a green, it's a sorcery. That's a two target creatures your team controls, each deal damage equal to their power to target creature. Now, when you're playing a commander game that isn't a team based game, your team is you. But uh, this card is actually fantastic. Like, it feels great when you just have your dudes jump on another creature and just start, (laughs) like, mashing him into the ground.
1: Let's face it, if you're playing mono green, you've got some big dudes playing for you.
0: If you're playing any amount of green, this is just such a beater. And it's a great way to just get rid of any number of cards. And because it's a one-sided fight, this card is basically getting mugged. (laughs) You show up and a dude just hammers you in the face. Um, it's fantastic. I'm actually going to put it into a couple of my decks. It's a battle bond common.
1: So there's going to be plenty of those out there.
0: Yeah, it's a good removal spell. It's like, I mean, green doesn't have a lot in the way of removal. We've gotten a lot more fight cards lately. And this one does require two creatures. But if you're playing green, you're going to have two creatures. And they're going to be just elephants that are gigantic of some kind. right? Or
1: hydras or or whatever.
0: Yeah, or something. Yeah, I mean, there's other ways to kill creatures. But this is not a bad option to use. All right, card four. Ooh, it is a big one. Next, we have
1: Palancron for five and two blue. It's a flying creature that, when it enters the battlefield, you get to untap up to seven lands. And for two and two blue, you can return Palancron to its owner's hand to do it all over again. And it's a four, or five illusion creature.
0: This card is one of the strongest cards ever printed uh, from Urza's Legacy, not just because it's a random flying four, or five. But because when one of the lands you untapped was Talarian Academy, turns out you could do some really dumb things. And because you're untapping up to seven lands. Now think about it. If you look at this, five and two blue. So that's what? A Soul Ring, a Gilded Lotus, and a couple of Violents. And then boom, you untap seven real lands. Like, let's say, your Gaia's Cradle, your uh, Nyxos, you know your Cabal Coffers, your Maze of if, whatever. It doesn't say basic lands. It says any lands. And you can do some filthy, filthy things with this card. They they may
1: have might as well just printed like zero for the mana cost.
0: Oh, yeah. No, the, <laughs> they had a whole cycle of these cards in Ursa's Legacy. And they're basically the most broken mechanic that's ever been made. Like, if you've ever seen the Counterspell Rewind, which is like, you know, two and two blue counter target spell, untap up to four lands. Mm-hmm. It's the same as this. It was from the same set and same cycle. And that's the only safe one that they can reprint because it's a Counterspell. Right. Like, there's a fairy that was a two, like one and a blue to cast, and then you untap two lands. And it's in popper and it was busted until they banned it. Yeah, Palancron you can do just absurd combos with
1: yeah i've been on the receiving end of this a few times uh especially with a lot of creature etb effects uh you know when things come in sacrifice can't block they fight like like there's all sorts of ways you can abuse this card uh and it's it's not fun knowing that there's pretty much you can't do anything (laughs) to stop it
0: this card gets real real dumb Listeners, if you have any crazy Palancron combos, I would love to know what they are because it's there's so many infinite ways to abuse this card. I almost feel like it's just not worth playing, but it's really great. Well, card number five is Howler. Oh, I love this card from Theros Limited. Uh, it was one and two black for an enchantment creature horror, uh, which was reprinted in the Commander 2015 set. And... It's got bestow two and two blue, uh, two and two black, which is if you cast it like this, you can turn it into an aura to enchant a creature. And Night Nighthaler, and the enchanted creature each get XX and plus X plus X, where X is the number of creature cards in all graveyards. Ooh. This card is sick. This card in a Saltai deck, in a Marin deck, in. Really, any deck that's got black because it's just gutting, it's going to be punting things into the graveyard can make your creatures ridiculously huge really, really fast.
1: I've, I've got a quick question. Mm-hmm. I'm reading the text here and it says Night Howler and Enchanted Creature. So if you do it for its bestow cost, is it still a creature and an enchantment? So
0: if you didn't play during Theros, you might not have known the bestow effect, which is one of my favorite effects I've ever made. Uh, what it is, is if you play this for the uh, casting cost, the normal casting cost, it's a creature, right? It comes out, it does the thing. If you bestow it onto something, it becomes an aura that enchants target creature, and then whatever's the text on there becomes basically the enchantment text. Right? So, like, and when the creature it's enchanting dies, Hauler will fall off and become a creature again. Really? So you can cast it as an enchantment onto your dude, give him plus 10, plus 10 or whatever. Somebody sorts the plow at that guy, right? Then instead of losing Nightcaller, he'll just drop onto the battlefield and become a 10, 10 creature or whatever the XX is.
1: This is a good card.
0: All of the bestow cards, if you haven't seen them, they're worth looking at because they take away the innate uh, card disadvantage that auras have by dropping them on and turning them into creatures. And basically, I love all of them.
1: I, I'm going to have to get me a few of these ones.
0: Oh, my God, dude. Like, my favorite, before they added all these five-color Commanders, uh, was Chromanticore, who is a five-color Bestow creature that adds basically, like, every keyword you can imagine. It wasn't a legend because they ran out of room on the the text, (laughs) but I've always treated it as a a pseudo-legend because it's such a silly, silly card. Uh, But, yeah, I love the Bestow cards. They're really great, especially in Commander. Especially when they've got a global effect like this like, Theros had this one problem where nowadays when it would say, like, you know, target player's graveyard, your graveyard or something. This had all player's graveyards. <laughs> it's silly. And then it get the counting can get real high after a wrath or two. Oh, and that's the other thing. This guy's got native wrath protection, right? Like, let's say you play this on top of your creature and everybody's got a full board of, like, 25 creatures or whatever. And then you play, um, I don't know, uh, Damnation. Damnation. Wipe the table. This guy drops off, becomes his own creature, and he's plus 25, plus 25. Wow. It is dumb. <laughs> yeah, shall we move to number six? <laughs> nice. Man, We I should make a note that we should do a re-review of Theros because there's a lot of gems in there. This next one is called Juxtapose for three into blue.
1: It's a sorcery that says you and target player exchange control of the creature you each control with the highest converted mana cost. Then exchange control of artifacts the same way.
0: This from Legends, one of the old, old cards. They reprinted it in 6th edition, but this card is great. Oh my god, this card is so much fun because it's a sorcery, so they can't disenchant the control magic effect, which means that you just get to permanently keep it until somebody plays, you know, the homeward path or whatever and gets all their cards back. But uh, if you play this correctly, and you owning the card means that you're going to play it correctly, then you can do things like I will take your Ulamog and give you this Thalid. Sound like a fair trade to me. And then I'll take your Worm Coil, and, you know.
1: This this is everything about blue that I like. You know, creating a little bit of like chaos by by stealing things and, and giving you things that aren't good in return.
0: Oh yeah. This card, they've taken this effect and done it a bunch of times, like Switcheroo was most recent.
1: I like that one too, yeah.
0: Yeah, but this is a great old card, and because it's creature and artifact, that means you can do some silly, silly things. And it's only four mana, that's pretty great. You mentioned
1: Switcheroo, I've used that one before, not to benefit myself, but to switch other people's commanders.
0: <laughs> oh, that's nice.
1: I get a few dirty looks when I do that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I love these effects. Especially a multiplayer game, you can use it politically. Like in a team game, you can use it to help your people out. But it's just, it's fun. Oh, definitely, it's yeah. some silly, silly fun things. Ooh, card number seven. Oh, this is cool. Undertaker from the Mercadian Mask set, which is uh, one and a black for a spell shaper, one-one. And for a black mana and tap, discard a card from your hand. Return target creature card from your graveyard to your hand. So it's basically a reusable grave digger that's cheaper. And it lets you pitch a card from your hand, so you could theoretically pitch a creature card from your hand and then, you know, do it again next turn to bring it back to your hand if you've got, um, you know, different effects of when this card goes to the graveyard or, you know, there's different things you can do. But it's a really good way to have repeatable reanimation from your graveyard. Not necessarily to your table, but even being able to just repeatedly pull things back to your hands is super valuable.
1: I I think it's funny that even though we're doing this at random, Gravedigger and this showed up at the same time.
0: Yeah. Actually, this is probably better than Gravedigger, huh?
1: It is a little a little bit smaller, but it is also a lot cheaper.
0: Yeah, but it also doesn't work until you go through a whole turn cycle. Unfortunately, which is one of the problems with the, uh, the spell shapers in general, is that they're all tap abilities. So, like a spell shaper was a mechanic that you basically had to discard a card from your hand, and it was as if the creature is casting its spell for you. It's like the payment that you're giving to the spell shaper is, I will offer you this spell, turn it into a raised dead. Right right? Because that's what this is basically doing. And so there's a lot of really cool spell shapers, and this one is just actually, it seems to me, really useful to me. Like, I feel like I can think of definitely places where I would want this, but I don't know if it's necessarily worth a full slot. Card number eight, go ahead.
1: This card is called Doom Cannon. For six colorless mana, it's an artifact. As Doom Cannon comes into play, choose a creature type, and three and tap, sacrifice a creature of the chosen type, doom cannon deals three damage to target creature or player
0: this is awesome wow i've never seen this card before uh it's from onslaught because onslaught was the uh one of the creature sets like the set after onslaught was legions which was the all creature set it was like one of the first real tribal sets but man as a guy who plays tribal decks basically having the ability to have uh repeatable lightning bolt just by pitching a token seems amazing to me especially a colorless because it's a you know an artifact so like your black green thalad's deck has a thalad shooter now you can just go p-tool, p-tool, p-tool. or you can launch some soldiers out of cannons or i don't know there's like vampire tokens and just punt them out of the cannons um Goblins. Here's another goblin grenade for everybody.
1: Actually, I was just thinking the same thing. Your tokens have now been
0: weaponized. (laughs) (laughs) I love this. This is great. Oh my God. Okay, so hear me out. Imagine taking Zulaport Cutthroat from Battle for Zendikar, one of my favorite cards ever, which is when it or another creature you control dies, each opponent loses one life and you gain a life. (laughs) So with this, with this kind of repeatable cannon, basically, you can sit there and just be like, I kill this, uh, you know, punt it, and then shoot you in the face for three, and then you take another point of damage just because I don't like you.
1: Okay, Shivam, given that there's thousands of magic cards out there, this has to be able to be used in a combo somewhere.
0: All right, so listeners this is basically perfect for a brea deck because if you've got brea and if you've got thopters in play and let's say ashen's altar that gives you mana and then draw scorpion which says when an artifact creature or draw scorpion dies untap target artifact creature uh, an artifact and then you've got Zuliport cutthroat who starts pinging people when things die you can just start launching um thopters at people untap this guy, sack a couple Thopters to your um, Ashen Adulter to make some mana, and then you can just kind of go off and just start, like, thumping people with these cannon shots. I feel like that's like something like a six-way combo, but it's a six-card combo, maybe not the most effective, but in conjunction with the tokens deck, Doom Cannon seems just absurdly good. Like, just a good way for, like... For decks that don't normally have white uh, like direct damage like let's say white blue or something like that where you're playing some kind of tokens deck this feels like such a great way to be able to use your tokens when they're just on a board stalled out and can't attack because of you know either too many creatures or something. Just another way to be able to use your dudes. A six-card combo,
1: though? I consider it a good day if I can get a two-card combo out.
0: Yeah, I think this is actually really cool, and I kind of I kind of want to build that deck. <laughs> I feel like it's probably going to be super ineffective, but I'm excited anyways. Let's go to card nine. Oh, this is one of my favorite cards from the old days. Uh, Winds of Change from Legends. For one red mana sorcery, all players shuffle their hands into their libraries and then draw the same number of cards that they add. So it's not card draw, it's kind of like card selection. It's not going to do you any favors if you've got like only one card in your hand. But it's really, really good to just like, sometimes you just need a fresh seven. Or sometimes you're playing against a guy who sculpted the perfect hand and you just want to wreck their day. (laughs) So Okay, so at a glance, this card seems like it's the wrong color. It's chaotic. And it's not giving you card advantage, it's giving you card disadvantage, right? Like, if you have seven cards and you play Winds of Change, you're only drawing six. Right, right. Because you've already shuffled it down. So it's not, it. this is chaotic and insane, and it's very much a, you know, stuffing it to the blue guy who's sitting there like, I have sculpted the perfect 25-card hand and I can win next turn. Winds of Change, thanks for playing, bye! And he's just like, what? No! <laughs> I love this card. I've always loved this card, especially in conjunction with the old things like Underworld Dreams where you draw cards and take damage. And it's just like, that, just mean.
1: Yeah, and for only one red, this is definitely a usable card. I think I'm going to be putting it in my Atali deck along with Possibility Storm and Grip of Chaos.
0: Oh my god, dude. I use this in a lot of my—any deck I've got that's got red in it— if I can't put a Wheel of Fortune, I'll at least try to put a Winds of Change. Because sometimes you just end up with a hand that just needs to be refreshed. And this is a great way to do that. You know, Wheel of Fortune is just a really expensive card these days. So sometimes you got to play the the worst versions.
1: Has this been uh, reprinted at all? Or is it only in Legends?
0: Uh, yeah, it's been reprinted in like a couple of core sets, but not in quite some time. Like, the version we're looking at right now, I believe this is from, like, 5th edition or something like that, 4th and 5th edition. But it was, it was a great card back in the day. I'm
1: going to hunt a few them.
0: Yeah, no, I'm a big fan.
1: Card number 10, a Vow of Lightning. Two and one red. You get an enchantment aura that enchants a creature. The enchanted creature gets plus two, plus two, has first strike, and can't attack you or a planeswalker you control. Uh, this is red that I like.
0: Yeah. This is a card from the first commander set. It was made for commander and it is like, it is a perfect commander. The, card. This
1: is political red. This is, this is the fun red that, that lets you last just a little bit longer.
0: Yeah. Like I like this because it encourages people to attack somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> and it exactly like you said, it's political. I'm like, here, let me help you get a bigger card you can't attack me with it, but go ahead and uh, punch him in the face. It's okay.
1: Plus, you can also chant your own creature.
0: Yeah. You know, I saw a guy play with Assault Suit. So, Assault Suit, which came out during Commander 2014, was a card that said Equip creature as plus two plus two, has haste, can't attack you or a planeswalk you control, and can't be sacrificed. And at the beginning of an opponent's upkeep, you may have that player gain control of the equipped creature until end of turn. And if you do, untap it. I've played with that card. Right, so like at GPLA, the first time I went, we played against a guy, like we were playing a seven-player game or something, and I played against a guy who had a Turbo Narset deck. Like he had his Narset suited up with... Assault suit and put the Vow of Lightning or whatever on it, and it's just like okay, well, with this card you can't attack me, the owner, but good luck because you're going to have a hot potato that you have to attack somebody else. <laughs> and it's just it was so that game got crazy. That game got ridiculously crazy. But I love these kind of cards where it's just like you can't attack me, but I'm going to help you out. It seems really cool. Wow, David, we've been moving right along here. This is going great.
1: It's been going pretty quick.
0: Yeah, because these cards are all pretty playable, which is amazing. So. Here is card number 11, Experiment 1 from Gate Crash, and also from, I think, Commander 2015, which was a 1 casting cost, which is 1 green, for a 1-1 one, one Human Ooze, and it has one of my other favorite mechanics ever, Evolve, which is when a creature enters the battlefield under your control, if it's got a greater power or toughness, then you add a 1-1 one, one counter to this. And with this one, you can remove 2 plus 1 plus 1 counters to regenerate Experiment 1. This card can get out of control super quickly, especially in a green deck where you're playing big things all the time. Mm-hmm. And with regeneration, it can do some silly things. It's not the best evolve card. Like uh, There's some of them which are like, you know, remove 1-1 one, one counters to draw cards or whatever. But this card can do some pretty amazing things.
1: I've played in enough games to know that a creature that regenerates can be very dangerous, especially if you have the ability to do it over and over and over again.
0: Exactly. You could add Doubling Season or uh, Parallel Lives or any of the other token doubler cards, and this thing can get real, real dumb real quickly.
1: I could see myself playing this in a a green deck.
0: Yeah, no, I love all of them. Like, they're just super good. Card number 12, go ahead.
1: So the next card is Golem Artesian. For five colorless, you get a 3-3 artifact creature, Golem. Additionally... For two colorless, target artifact creature gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. Oh. Or, for two colorless, target artifact creature gains your choice of flying, trample, or haste until end of turn.
0: Wow. That's
1: actually really good. And and the astute listeners will notice that it was pay two, not tap in pay two.
0: Yeah, that means you can do this right off. Do both? Yeah, you can. And you can do it multiple times, man. You can just pump your artifact creature all day long. Wow. This could be super good in an Artifacts deck. Like, not just Brea, because Brea's got a million combo ways to do it. But like, I don't know, any kind of Artifact-based deck where you're just like barreling down with someone or with um, Memnarch or March of the Machines or something where all of your creatures are Artifact creatures, suddenly you can just go to town on somebody. I could see somebody just doing an Alpha Strike kind of affinity style where you're pitching all your artifacts to Ashnod's Altar to get two Duty mana that you can pay to filter into make one giant mega creature that'll kill your last dude.
1: Suddenly, you discover your burnished heart becomes uh, lethal.
0: <laughs> yeah, and because you can just uh, you know pitch a couple extras to um, give it flying and trample just on the off chance they block. Oh yeah, and just like slam. That's amazing. This is a great card. So, card number thirteen, Cruel Reality. Ah. This is a mythic from Amonkhet for uh, 5 and 2 blacks of 7 mana for an Aura Curse, which says, Enchant Player, at the beginning of the Enchanted Player's upkeep, they sacrifice a creature or a Planeswalker, and if they can't, they lose 5 life. This card is messed up. This card does really mean things to people.
1: This card has actually saved me a few times. I have a, uh, a curse deck that uh, I have this card in, and I've actually used it uh, on someone who was targeting me. Uh, I would say unnecessarily, because everybody wants to win. But he was kind of picking on me, so I threw this on him, and uh, suddenly every creature he was casting had to get sacrificed on the next turn.
0: Oh no! <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> this feels like an arena deck that I've been running into a lot lately with Torment of Scarabs and those other cards, Right, where they just like... Discard a card, sacrifice a non-land permanent, or take X, like some amount of damage. Plus, this thing is just like, it just cleans your board and your hand so quickly, and then you just start eating chunks of damage.
1: Oh yeah, and this card is especially useful against those kind of players that rely on one or two creatures to actually be their win conditions. For instance, Voltron commanders, commanders that have hexproof or indestructible, because at the beginning of their upkeep, they have to sacrifice something, and if they don't,
0: they lose five life. Yeah, this is a miserable card. <laughs> I hate this card a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> and finally, our last card for today's Commanderica, card 14. This
1: card is Artifact Mutation for one red and one green. It's an instant that says destroy target artifact. It can't be regenerated. Put X1-1 green sapperling creature tokens into play where X is its converted mana cost.
0: I've never seen this card before. Also, this is incredible. First off, an, a destroy target artifact instant, fine, two mana, that's a going rate, I get it. There's always an artifact to destroy in EDH.
1: There's, there's tons.
0: Always. But getting a bunch of sapperling tokens, that could be amazing.
1: At, at the barest minimum, you'd probably blow up somebody's soul ring, but like, there's other like five uh, mana artifacts, like a Gilded Lotus you could blow up.
0: Right, but I mean, even at two mana, if I kill your soul ring and get a 1-1 out of it, that's still pretty great. I would play that. But if I blow up your Gilded Lotus, I'm getting five. If I blow up Wormcoil Engine or something, my worm coil Engine. <laughs> what if you destroy your own worm coil? Then you get six uh, sapling tokens and two 3-3s. Three
1: I could definitely see myself playing this card uh, in a red-green deck.
0: Yeah, this seems like I would think very heavily about inclu- not including this, because this is great. This just feels like real good utility for cheap that you need in EDH. That does an extra effect. Like, there, I believe there was also a, a counterspeller. Uh, Ether Mutation from Apocalypse was three, a green and a blue for a sorcery to uh, return target creature to its owner's hand and put X-1-1 green tapperlings into play, where X is its converted monocost. This is a fantastic card. And uh, Artifact Mutation looks like it would be a great card, too. I'm actually really impressed. I've never heard of this card before.
1: I'm, I'm just trying to think of uh, commanders to, to play with this now because a lot of these cards have been. Uh, sorry, not a lot. All of these cards have been winners in my eyes.
0: <laughs> yeah, these cards all seem really good. Oh, wow. This really was a cycle because there was another one, which is black and green, called Death Mutation, which is six, a black, and a green. So that's eight total, which is a lot uh, for a sorcery that says destroy target non black creature, create X11 sapperling where X was that thing's converted mana cost. For eight mana? That's a lot. Okay, so there was a green and white one called Aura Mutation, which was destroy target enchantment, create X1 green Saperling creature tokens where X is that thing's uh, cover mana cost. So the enchantment and the artifact were instants from Invasion, and then the creature, uh, destroy creature and bounce creature were sorceries from Apocalypse, which was the sequel set to Invasion. That's a really cool cycle. I'd never seen... I'd seen Aether Mutation, but I'd never seen the other ones before. Hmm. But I actually now like all of these. This seems... They all seem really playable, except for eight casting Cots destroy target creature, not really playable. I don't care how many Saperlings you get. uh, Not so much. (laughs) But the other ones, I would definitely pay two, two, or five. Yeah, sure. All day long.
1: That said, out of all these uh, cards that we have talked about, which one has been your favorite?
0: Ooh. Of all the cards we've looked at today, which one would be my favorite? Let me see. Probably Palancron or uh, Doom Cannon because Palancron is just such a busted combo enabler and Doom Cannon just feels like something that every one of my decks <laughs> every one of my decks would want to do.
1: What about you? I think for myself, uh, I, I it's a tie between two. Juxtapose, uh just because I love I love this effect in blue where you're switching things. Uh, what's yours is mine, and what's what's mine is yours, especially if, if what I have isn't any good to me. Or Winds of Change. Uh, I had not heard of Winds of Change up until now, and it's something I really want to find and put into a red deck right now.
0: Yeah, and also um, Honorable Mention and Nighthowler, because Bestow cards are just awesome. And uh, I really need to do an episode on Theros, because I think that set has a lot to offer for a commander. But... Um, With that, I think we can wrap up this great episode. Thank you so much for joining me today, David.
1: Thank you very much. Thanks for having me.
0: And listeners, you rock. Thank you for hanging out with us. We hope you enjoyed this uh, very special uh, Shivam-only episode of the Commander in Podcast, featuring our awesome editor, David Mitchell. And um, maybe next week I will let Phil and Sean out of the sewers, but I might just make them wander around some more and see what else I can come up with. (laughs) Uh, Special thanks to our patrons who show their support by donating to us so that we can keep improving, growing, and putting on this show every week. We do it simply because of you guys. We love to do this show, and we're so grateful that we can share it with you every week, and we're grateful for your support. So, David, why don't you take us out today with one of our patented endings?
1: Commanderin, where camaraderie and friendship keep us together, even while I beat your face with my thopters.